Alicia, for those of you who I haven't met before. Um, I'm so excited to get to be a part of this series, and I feel like I, li I was listening to Darren's, series, Darren's message, and I was like, oh, this is like a setup. This is like, I feel very cool that I get to be part of the setup. And so um, the message today is called Pruning for a Season. And for those of you who haven't been a part of this series, we're talking about abiding. And uh, today specifically, we are talking about pruning. That's why I have an orchid up here. I could have just chose my own decor, but actually there's a purpose for this. You'll find out. I was, gonna, I was like, oh, maybe I'll get to stand below. And I was like, I'm so small, you won't see me or the orchid. So um, we're going to open to John 15. And I know this is probably familiar because we've opened up to this every Sunday for the series. But his word is new and it's sharp. So may it sharpen and cut through. So John 15, 1, 5, it says, I am the true grapevine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So Lord, we just want to ask today that this word would be fresh for us as we've been doing this series. It wouldn't feel like a, like a, oh, I've already heard this. And we invite you, Holy Spirit, to come to speak today. We invite you to convict. We invite you to remind us. We invite you to bring forward your word. God, we want to thank you that you commanded us in your word to go out, to tell people that the kingdom of heaven is near, to heal those that needed to be healed, to deliver those that need deliverance. And so we are asking, Father, today that we would experience as a church family healing and deliverance and your word and your anointing and what you have for us today. Will we be prepared for the pruning that's going to come? In Jesus' name, amen. I don't know why, but so far, like twice now, when I have like preached or given a message, New Wine happens to be like one of the songs, and every time I feel like the Lord really speaks through it. And I was singing along, and then I just paused for those words. And I was thinking how, you know, in that moment, there's like a chorus of us all, you know, as we're like, yeah, Lord, we want your new wine, you know, give us that new wine. Fresh fire, Lord, we lay it all down to you. In the crushing, in the pressing. It sounds so beautiful, doesn't it? In the crushing. I don't sing well, but in the pressing. You know, you're singing that, but you know what you're asking. Do you? Because I feel like some of us might not, because we hear that song a lot. Probably on your, like, you know, Christian worship playlist, you're like, oh, new wine. Lord, is it new wine? You know, you just sing it. Yeah, we're asking. We're asking for pruning in that song. We are asking to grow, to be refined, to be challenged. We are asking for him to press to make something new and beautiful. Have you ever been pressed or squeezed? I'm small. It happens a lot. I don't know. There's something about being small. People are like, hi. And they like, you know, and you're like, Ugh. and especially because like most people's chests are here. So I don't even breathe in that moment. You know, being pressed and crushed is not comfortable. It's not easy. And in God's economy, when that happens, 
the, what it produces is beautiful, but it's not easy. So I want to be very clear that we all together sang that song, Lord, we want to see new wine. So if that is your prayer today, my prayer has been leading up to this day, this Sunday, that you would be bold enough to lay down some things that you're carrying so he can produce new wine in you, okay? So like I said, Darren just set us up for this great day of pruning. And uh, this, this is how I, I this, I'm gonna ask you this question. Are you all in? All right, yeah, four people were like, yes. Everyone else is like, I'm not agreeing to anything she says. <laughs> I'll be like, guy in the back, you said you're all in, come up here. And they're like, no. <laughs> Are you all in? Are you all in for the next season? Are you ready for what God has for you? Are you willing? Pruning makes room for growth for the next season. Okay, that's why it's pruning for a season. Dan and I were talking about the series title because I always give him something really long, like Jesus prunes for all seasons and it's beautiful. And he's like, great, great. So for a graphic though. <laughs> and so I said pruning for a season because it might not be for this season, which is the hardest part because crushing and pressing when you can't see what's happening next doesn't feel good. Now, if you could, in that moment when like pressing and refining and these moments where Jesus is asking something of you, this, you know, picture came up, a projector behind you, you know, showed you your future and the good things, you'd be like, yeah, prune away. But, but we don't see those things. And Hebrews tells us that faith is actually the confidence of things unseen. That's why we want to be pruned and pressed and crushed, because we don't know the things that are, that are to be yet. So number one, if you're taking notes, pruning strengthens. Pruning strengthens you. I was standing here worshiping, crying, as I always do. Actually, sometimes I don't. Sometimes I don't feel anything. But I was worshiping, and in that moment, I felt like the Lord said, how easy was it to get right here? How easy was it to get to a place where you're invited on a Sunday to come and share a message for me? How easy was it? And it wasn't. Actually, if there was a projector in that moment, I was like, you know what my projector would be? It would be like every breakup. <laughs> every moment where someone was like, yeah, you're not actually in a place to lead. Every moment where the Lord was like, I want that addiction. And the moments where the Lord said, I want lordship in that area. That's what would have flashed in that moment. Because that's the pressing and the refining that brought me here. And I can't imagine what will happen to bring me into my next season. And there's fear and trepidation in that but excitement. Because if this is what I think is good now, it's like the disciples hanging out with Jesus. They're probably like, this is the best days of our lives. And he's like, yeah, just wait, just wait, just wait till I'm gone. And you literally are seeing people raised from the dead. Just wait, you know, wait till your shadow is like healed, you know, then, then we'll see if this is the best day of your life. Pruning strengthens. So I'm going to teach you about pruning plants, trees, and all kinds of things because I've learned a lot over the past few months. And so um, I am not a gardener by any means. You will find that out by the end of this sermon. I have a lot of plants. I water them when I think they need it. I give them sunlight if I think they need it. I don't know much about them, but I do know a little bit of what I've learned. So this is about dead branches, okay? This is what they do. Dead branches hinder the growth of the healthy components of a plant, a tree, a bush, or a vine. Dead branches hinder the growth. A tree's whose branches are beginning to droop or look sickly 
may still have dead branches attached, which take up space and resources. Pruning these is used to strengthen the roots and encourage new branches to grow. I believe that when God prunes us in a season, it is to make room for the things to come. But there's a lot of us that cling to the things right now because we're so afraid of the what if. What if God asks for this relationship and I'm a single spinster for the rest of my life on a rocking chair, you know, waving to my friends as their children come by? What if I give him this much money and he doesn't, he doesn't return it back? Which is really funny because it's his money, but that's a whole other sermon. Um, you know, I think that there's times that we're actually lacking because, see, those dead branches actually cause a lack of air to those trees. And I think there's moments in our walk with Jesus where we are lacking a fresh word, a fresh anointing, even a fresh, like, you know, feeling, although we don't go off our feelings, but a freshness of the Lord because there's dead things in the way that we don't want to go. Now, I don't know what the dead things are in your life, but he does. That's why we have the Holy Spirit. He reminds us. And then someone, you know, that you love says something that confirms it. Or you have a dream or a picture. Someone gives you a word. But there are many dead things in our life that he could be pruning away. And he actually says in that scripture, you have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. If you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, chances are that in itself was a pruning. I don't know about you, but when I accepted Jesus to be my savior and when I made a decision that he could be Lord, AKA he could be the boss over my life, there was a lot of stuff that had to be pruned in that moment. I had to choose when I said to the Lord, I'm all in, and I said it in front of people. That's the hardest, because they make you accountable. But when I said I'm all in, I had a choice in that moment to go back to old things or to give things up. I could go back to pornography and have self-comfort. I could go back to ungodly relationships. I could go back to claiming my money as my own. I could go back to manipulating with my emotions. I could go back to lying. I could go back to stealing. I could go back to all of those things or I could actually say, cut them off. And I wanna say, he didn't just go, and I never had to deal with anything ever again. That, that would be the easiest gospel ever. Everyone would come to church. You know, if you stood on the street corner and you're like, hey, come to our church. Anything you don't want in your life, Jesus will, will take it immediately. You don't have to do anything. You know? Part of that is true. Salvation, we do nothing. He did everything. He gave his life. It was the greatest gift. It was the greatest Thing that could have ever been done for every single person in the room and he did that when we were still sinners and so far away but in the moment when we ask for pruning this is where we come in and go Lord I'm willing Lord I'm all in and sometimes that means saying no to the things that are familiar and comfortable sometimes it means repenting so changing direction from those things and saying Lord I'm so sorry for the things that have gotten in the way of our relationship and then this is, you know, he tells his disciples, go out, tell people the kingdom of God is near. Heal those that need healing. Deliver those that need delivering. Deliverance is like a really scary word for people. I work for a healing and deliverance ministry. I usually tell people it's a healing and discipleship ministry and weigh out kind of how they feel. I might throw in deliverance when I see their face. I'm like, let me, tell, let me just tell you the safety of deliverance. He delivered his people out of Egypt. He delivered Saul and is now Paul. 
He delivered Simon, who became Peter. He delivered Mary. He delivered every single person in his path that wanted to be healed, that said, please, would you heal me? Lord, if you are willing. And they said, Lord, I, I am. Will you? And he says, I will. He would deliver them out of that sickness, that mental illness, the issue that was at hand. He is our deliverer. It's one of the things about God. It's not a scary thing. It doesn't have to be something we are shying away from. It's actually something that we can go, Lord, I want you to prune and deliver me from something that's holding me back. Let's look at some people in case you're like, mm, still not sold. Joseph. Okay. Ruler of Egypt. Got to like have a total game with his brothers. You know, trick them. Did he not go through some refining and pruning? Did he not get wrongfully accused? Did he not get thrown in prison? Did he not get sabotaged by his own siblings who ruined like a really beautiful coat he owned? If you love fashion, that's like, oh my God. You know, did, did Joseph not go through trials to be who he was? We all look on social media and go, oh, I like who they are, I want that. You do? You want the trials they've gone through? Everyone looks at families. I love that family. I want that. You want to be with them on the hard season where maybe they miscarried or couldn't have a child? You want that? Be careful of what you see and what you want because the reality is that with every good and perfect gift that comes from the Lord comes pruning, refining, and testing. That's what produces gold. Not like you just find gold and it's just good to go. It doesn't work that way. That's not how precious gems work. If it did, all of you that are married would just be walking around with some crumbly-looking piece of concrete on your hand. doesn't work that way. You test it. You press it to make it beautiful. What about Esther? Okay? Esther was afraid and literally said to Mordecai, but what if? And he said, if it's not you, he'll raise up someone else. How frightening is that? Lord, if you want to prune, yes, because I don't want you to raise up somebody else in my place. And here's Esther who becomes queen. Okay, David. Here's a guy that calls himself a man after God's own heart. And for most people, they probably get stuck in the adultery part. But how much refining came from that sin that David was able to stand before the Lord and say, I am a man after your own heart. That means that for all of you sitting here going, yeah, but you don't know what I've done. You don't know what I'm struggling with. You don't know where I've walked, what sin I've done. That doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. That's why he died for your sin. So we could come bring those things, let him prune them, so that we could be men and women after his heart. Daniel, oh my gosh, the guy's taken from his family, brought into another land, gets thrown in with a lion. And the worst part is when he's like, Daniel, are you still alive? I hope so. You want to be like, you hope so? You threw me down here. You know, Daniel had a like so much refining that came to him. But how many of us are like, Lord, I want dreams. Lord, I want visions like Daniel. I want to be like Daniel. You want to be like Daniel? Okay, then, then stand firm in the lion's den. Don't do what everyone else is doing when you're out at a bar. Don't do what everyone else is doing when you look on social media. Don't do what everyone else is doing. You want to be like Daniel. You want to be like Esther. You want to be like David. You want to be like all these people. Okay, great then that means you have a responsibility to say yes in moments when he asks something of you. But how hard it is when he asks and those things feel so personal and we're so attached to them. 
Number two, pruning prevents. Okay, pruning prevents damage and disease. So if you have a tree that has disease or a plant or a vine, you cut off those places so they don't affect the rest of the plant. This is Hebrews 12, 15. It says, look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. That means my bitterness can corrupt others. So the places in my life that I might not be willing to prune or give up could eventually lead someone else into sin. That's like a very, very sober reminder that, Lord, the places in my life that I'm so afraid to give you could affect someone else to fall away from your kingdom. And that doesn't mean that all the responsibility is on us, but it does mean we do have a responsibility as sons and daughters of the Most High. And I want to make sure that if there's a dead branch that's getting in the way of somebody, if there's a really bitter branch there, Lord, would you, would you actually help me walk through this, deal with it, be delivered from it, so that my bitterness doesn't affect my roommate, my spouse, my children? Because it will. It'll affect the climate around you. And, oh, I thought this was really cool because it's winter. I don't like winter, but well, I love, you know, God made all the seasons. I love them all. Winter's my least favorite. Um, so as a result of pruning in late winter, or like midwinter, but fresh wounds are only exposed for a short time before new growth begins, making it easier for the wounds to start healing. He prunes right now in this season so that he can heal those places for new growth to come. Pruning is for new growth. You know, how many of us, you know, New Year's comes along and you're like, Lord, I want to be more gracious. I want to be more kind. God, I want my, you know, the anointing that you bestow on me to be greater or deeper. Lord, I want to be more loving to those around me. We ask for all those things. Well, then get ready to be pruned because for more of that fruit needs to come the pruning. When you're pruning back, it's honestly so that you can see where the strong places in your life are. And I don't know about you, but in the seasons where I've been tested or pruned, or there's a moment where God says, I want, I want that area of your life. And it feels so hard to do. And I reluctantly am like, okay, Lord, I will. It has made room for new things. It has made room for new life. And it has helped me see, wow, Lord, you really strengthened this area. Every time I got dumped, I was like, wow. I have really grown. I know you don't think that. I cried for a bit, but like afterwards I'd be like, I have really grown. Because maybe in the beginning it would offset me for months and I'd question if I would ever marry someone. And then the next time I'd be like, okay, that was really hard and I'm sad, but there's hope. The last time I got broken up with, this is what the Lord said, don't grieve over something that I never called you to be married to, someone. And so I was like, okay. And he was like, let's celebrate together. And I was like, yeah. I just want to say, if the flashback of my life played, you'd be watching many a times where I put on a CD, mix CD volume three, sad mix, and played that, and just sat in my room and was like, I just want to feel sad. I know all of you who used to burn CDs, you know, you did them by emotion, and so sometimes you just wanted that, you know, you'd say, now you have a playlist, you know, sad playlist number one. And so I would just sit in my self-pity. Now I'm like, wow, I see the places you have grown me. Number three, pruning produces. Pruning produces. I love this. 
So it says, pruning encourages fruit production. If you have fruit trees, removing the dead and rotting limbs encourages the fruit to grow more, and it grows more plentiful because it's less vulnerable to disease, and it also helps spur on growth. And actually, I love that in the scripture, we know that we cannot produce fruit outside of Jesus. So he has produced fruit in us, and I just want to remind us, he doesn't just prune the bad things. He prunes things that are good, that are beautiful, and in our minds are quite fruitful. And sometimes we even say, but Lord, look at the fruit. I don't understand. And it's not because you're bad. It's not because you're not enough. It's not because he's disappointed in you. It's because he knows how greater a harvest the next fruit will be. But we can't see the next harvest. We just see that fruit leaving right now. And that can be really hard, whether he's pruning our community, whether that's he's pruning a relationship, whether he's pruning our finances, our sexuality, whatever it is, it can feel in that moment like a loss. But it's because he knows what's to come. He knows who you're called to be. We think we know, but he knows. This is Psalm 1, 1 to 3. Um, I'm not normally one of those people that say, Lord, can I have a word for the year? Mainly because I sit quietly and I'm like, Patience, grace, love, kindness, I don't know, uh, joy, uh, uh, trials. Uh, and I'm like, is that the word, you know? Um, and also because I feel like he says a lot. So I'm usually not that person. However, we did an activity at our work recently. And one of it was just to ask the Lord for a word right now. And the word was bear fruit. Which, of course, I'm like, yeah, bear fruit. And then I'm like, ah, how do you get fruit? Ah, pruning, ah. What about grace, <laughs> you know? And, um, and so we were sitting at a Scrabble board and you had to write your word down and we all did it separately. I work with my mom and dad and we later found out that all three of us happened to choose the same Scrabble board, just us three. And it was about harvest and greater growth and bearing fruit. So I'm like, oh, that's cool that the Lord is not doing that just for me, but for us as a family. And so this is the scripture that has been on my heart. The joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers. Prune. But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither and they prosper in all they do. That's been my prayer for this year. That my heart and my hope is that actually as the Lord prunes, that, it, that I bear fruit in every season because I haven't clung to something. You know, I'm gonna, so I brought this orchid here and uh, Kylie was really good to bring me pruning shears. It's hard to prune something back. We have to do it. Sometimes we have, our boss calls them outdoor fun days. They're not fun, it's work days, but he loves work. <laughs> so if you're like a man that loves outdoor work or a woman, then this is your fun day. Um, not mine, but I do like it because you get a good tan because I work in an office. Um, and you can drive the four-wheeler. So um, we had to prune last year, and it was so hard because you had to prune the like the specific things we were pruning all the way back so they could grow this year. But all I could see was a really sad-looking bush. And I was like, this looks so bad. Lord, why would you prune this much back? This branch looks decent. This one, and my mom, who's very good at pruning, was like, cut it back. And I'd be like, ugh, it felt so horrible doing it. Pruning really does bring things back. And pruning things that are good is really hard. And so when the Lord 
asks for really beautiful things in our lives, it can feel so wrong. Like, Lord, this is so beautiful. Oh my gosh, it feels wrong doing it. <laughs> I know every, and, and just so you know, orchids do get pruned. Yeah, and actually you're supposed to prune after things bloom often so that they can bloom again. This last one's gonna be really hard. I actually believe this is what the Lord wants to do today for us, for each and every one of us. And for some of you, you might be like, you know what, there's a dead branch and I know exactly what you're going for. There's a place in me that's going back to something old. I'm going back to an old comfort, an old belief, whatever it is. But maybe there's something that he's asking for that seems good. How many times has the Lord, uh, sorry, I'm shaking this at you. I'm gonna cut that one soon for all of you that are like, oh, this is painful. How many times has the Lord asked you for more money than you wanna give? And in that moment, all you can think of are all the things that you might not be able to afford if he asks for this money. Now, we know that all of our money comes from him, so it's slightly funny that we complain that he's taking too much of his money, and how will he then give us back his money? But we do, because we're people and we're human. And so maybe the Lord is asking for an area of your finances. Maybe you have given to church, you give 10%, you're used to it, but the Lord asks you to give more. And it feels, but Lord, my finances are thriving right now. Everything looks so good right now. Why would you ask for more? Ask for little so that it can keep growing. But he says, can you, really it's, can you trust me? That's what pruning is. Can you trust me? Do you trust that I'm good? Do you trust that I love you? Do you trust that I'm faithful? Do you trust that I will always show up? Maybe he says, that relationship, I want it. But Lord, it looks good. And he says, but I want it, can you trust me? And maybe it means ending a relationship that you don't fully understand why or telling a friend that you have a little bit of different boundaries in this season. Maybe there's something else that looks really good right now. Maybe it's a job. And he says, I want that job. Oh, no, 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 the benefits are good. The money is good. This can't be it. And he says, but would you give it to me? Pruning the things that are beautiful is really hard because it just looks so nice. And when it's gone, hold on here. Okay. And when it's gone, you're left with this. And this is how sometimes we feel coming to the Lord. I got nothing. I feel like I have nothing to give you. And if we've been hurt before, we can even come and go, what else do you want? You're gonna take everything from me. But that's a heart that wasn't ready to be pruned. That's a heart that reluctantly let God prune. Or maybe feels like God pruned when they weren't even ready. But spoiler alert, he says if you're connected to the vine, you're gonna be pruned. If Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, if you've made a decision in your heart to say, Jesus, I wanna live my life for you, you are guaranteed to be pruned. This isn't one of the, where you're like, well, I did not sign up for that small print. This is not a small print situation. This is the reality of his gospels. This is what he preached. This is what, when he sent out his disciples and when they went and said, the kingdom of heaven is near. Do you know the kingdom of heaven is a narrow gate? Do you know the kingdom of heaven is not wide, but, but small? That means that he says, the kingdom of heaven is near. He's saying, a narrow path is before you, and you can come. 
A narrow way forward is before you and you can come. I don't know if you've ever tried to walk somewhere narrow. It's tough. Airplanes are so narrow. I feel like they've become more and more narrow. I'm like, how is it that the price has gone up and the narrowness has gone down? I will not know. And if you've also paid for like a really cheap ticket, yeah, you better not have hips because they're not making it through. I can't even count the times that I'm like, sorry, sorry. I just go through going, sorry, 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 the whole time. And of course I'm at the back because I paid for something super cheap. And I'm like, sorry, sorry. Narrow is hard. It's hard to bring a lot of stuff. But that's what happens. We come to the Lord. We come with all the things. You know, I don't know about you, but when I came to know Jesus, I went a lot of places before the Lord. And so I came to the Lord and went, ah, what am I supposed to do with this pornography addiction? It doesn't fit through this narrow road. What do I do with, you know, the fact that I can drink all my friends under the table? What do I do with that? This doesn't fit under the narrow road. What, I, what do I do with the fact that I shop to make myself feel better? Ah, it doesn't fit through the narrow road. This is why he prunes to make room. So we can come to him. He loves us so much, more than we can fathom. And I, I think sometimes when we look at this as punishment, it's because discipline, punishment, refining, hold words that are really painful to us. But he actually says in his word that he disciplines those he loves. Those he loves. You know, I'm sure as a parent, there's many moments that you have to discipline your children and you're hurting for them. Probably hurts when you watch your kids hurt. I can't even imagine. I hurt when my friends hurt. I'm like, my kids, I'm just gonna like wallow and cry on the floor, I'm sure. But it says that he disciplines, he prunes, he pulls back, he takes things away because he loves us so much. He loved me so much that he knew that addictions wouldn't be good for my future fruit. That's how much he loved me. Now I can look and say, God just takes. He takes everything. But actually part of it is because the fruit is good for the next season. And you don't know that next season yet. You don't know those relationships. You don't know that job. You don't know those people. We think we do. Man makes lots of plans. But the Lord is the one that orders our steps. I have a lavender plant. I just planted two lavender plants last year. They were like really little and they grew gloriously. For someone who doesn't know plants, I was like, I am a professional gardener. Ask me for any information you need. Now, I Googled and you have to prune your lavender plant back and I wouldn't do it. I didn't do it, you know why? Because I wanted those fresh little bunches that I could give to people that would be dried. They have to spend $40 when you're in a craft fair. I wanted those bunches. But I wanted these tall ones that you can get at really nice stores. Do you know how you get those? You prune. I wasn't willing to prune. I didn't prune. I just went and saw them. They're dead. They're all dead. I have to cut them back. And now you know what's going to happen next year? I won't get those tall bunches. Why? Because I didn't prune last year. Because I wanted to hang on to something that looked good. Are you hanging on to your money? Are you hanging on to, I don't know, an emotional feeling that feels good that you want to sit in? Maybe Sad Mix Volume 2 is where you like to sit. Maybe you like holding on to grief. Maybe you like holding on to sadness. I struggled with anxiety and depression for the majority of my high school years into my 20s. Let me tell you that self-pity, grief, and sadness were my closest friends because they felt safe and comfortable. 
I know that sounds absurd because they're not the best of friends you would want, but it felt so safe to be sad. It's all I knew. I couldn't have imagined a life of joy. My mom's friend once said to her son, we would have been in grade 12, you should take Alicia to the prom. And he said, oh, the girl that cries all the time, the sad one. I know, that sucks. I don't know, like maybe you've never been asked to prom, but that's not really what you're going for. You know, oh, the beautiful one. Oh, the outgoing, charming one. Oh, the bubbly one. Oh, the sad one that cries all the time. No one takes her to prom. Actually, my prom date canceled and my friend took me. Um, aside, that guy didn't, he never asked me, obviously. But I loved sadness. It's why I self-harmed, because I actually loved the comfort of feeling that way because it's all I knew. And the thought of giving up self-harming was so hard. I can remember becoming a Christian at 19 and going, Lord, I don't think I can ever stop this because this is the way I can experience grief and sadness. This is the way I can deal with if I've done wrong or anything like that. So there can be things in our life that we just don't wanna let go. Pruning provides, this is the last point if you're taking notes, pruning provides. It says dead branches and overgrowth pose a considerable risk. They can fall off easily or blow away during a heavy storm or windy weather. Some branches hang over your home or your backyard where your children play or grow over power lines and can become some of the most dangerous branches. So my question is, what do you provide for your community, for your friends, for your family? This is Proverbs 11.3. It says, the integrity of the upright guides them, but the crookedness of the treacherous destroys them. How we live our lives will affect other people, whether you like it or not. And so I was thinking, you know, what do I contribute? What do the branches in my life contribute? Am I pruned back so people see the glory of the Lord? Uh, am I shading my friends and family with my negative attitude? Is that what I'm known for? Like I walk in the room and people are like, oh, and they have to get themselves ready for what I overcast in a room? Am I blocking some of my family from even seeing the goodness of the Lord through negativity or grumpiness or even offense? Or have I let the Lord prune something that I thought was really good and it challenges everyone that walks by that lack of branch? Have I worshiped in a hard season? Have I grieved during loss, but then celebrated and worshiped him even still? This is not about perfection. This is not about getting it right. This is not about, okay, I'm gonna do A, B, and C so that I can have a lot of money and good fruit and good things in my life. That's not what this is about. This is about, am I willing, Lord, to let you speak in, to let you say whatever you want, to let you have the first and final say because you know the season I'm coming into. You know, for a lot of us, all we see is the season around us. Maybe you're in school, you can't imagine what it'll be like the day that you don't have to think of an assignment. Let me tell you, that day is good. It is good when you wake up and you don't think of an exam. It is good. But when you're in it, it's very hard to even imagine that season. And so when he says, I don't want you to go to that event, I want you to stay home. It feels like such a loss, but he knows the next season when actually that's not the ask anymore. But actually that discipline has produced really good fruit for the job that came out of your schooling. And so when, when he's asking for something, are we like, yes, I'm all in? Am I like, yes, I'm all in, still good. <laughs> you know, you might be like, ah, I'm all in, don't know what 
where this is going, but I'm all in. Or are you like, no, I don't want to. And, and for those of you that are like, can that be an answer? Um, I will respond, yeah, I did answer that way for a lot of years, a lot of years. I accepted Jesus at age of 19. And when I was 24, I rededicated my heart to the Lord. But from 19 to 24, I can tell you that my life was anything but fruitful. And it was full of heartbreak and sadness and grief and loss and self-harm and addictions and hidden things. And I just kept saying, no, I don't want to give you that relationship. No, I don't want to give you my money. No, I don't want to give you my time. No, I don't want to give you my sexuality. No, I don't want to give you my self-comfort. No, I don't want to give you my nights. No, I don't want to give you my morning. No, I don't want to give you that part of my life. And I am a walking testimony that if you met me back then, the fruit was small, very small. Be the kind of fruit where someone would like serve you and you'd be like, ooh, this will feed two of us, not even. It was very small. And actually for a lot of areas of my life, it was not evident. And a lot of people, I can remember getting this really nasty email, but this person said, I believe that Christianity is just this fake thing that you've chosen as a crutch and a self-comfort, and you're the same as you were before. And I hated that email, and I really didn't like her for writing it, but I'm gonna be honest, there wasn't much of my life that was different before and after. And I had to really look. I meet people now, I rarely run into people from high school, but every now and again I do, and they're like, I'm sorry, you work for like a Christian nonprofit as your job? I'm like, yeah, I'm a missionary, so I raise support, and I'm sorry, like as your like life job? And I'm like, yeah. And you're like not married and you don't have like money? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> but the reality is that I am not the person they knew. I don't want to look like that person. I don't want to look like the person who didn't know Jesus. I want people to look and go, what do you have and how can I get it? I wanna give us an opportunity to respond to the Lord today. Annual pruning is important for growth, so here's our annual prune, but spoiler alert, it'll happen way more than once. Pruning something we can expect often, it's not a one and done, it's a privilege because it shows that we are connected to the Father. When I'm pruned, it's like I wear a big sign that says, I am the daughter of a king. Are you producing fruit? Are you connected to the vine? I know that last week Darren had asked this, but I, I wanna pray first for anybody that you might be listening and you're like, well, I wanna produce fruit. Hook me up to this vine, let's go. I don't wanna look the same. So I'm gonna pray for you first. And then um, I love First Sunday. I feel like it's a great time to just rest in the presence of the Lord. And so after I pray, I'm gonna pray for another group of us that might want some pruning today. Me? Okay. <laughs> Literally me. Um, and I'm gonna invite you. And so first I'm gonna pray and then I'll give us some instruction, okay? So if you would, close your eyes wherever you are. And Father, today I wanna pray for anyone in this room and they are not yet connected to you. 
They don't know you, they haven't experienced you. Maybe they've never said yes to having a life led by Jesus. And so wherever you are, if you want to be connected into the vine today, if you want to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, but if you want to be connected in the vine to experience fruit, to not live the way you are, I'm just going to invite you while all eyes are closed to just raise your hand if you'd like to be connected into the vine, if you'd like to accept Jesus as your Lord, as your Savior. And I just want to pray, even while all eyes are closed, for anyone that has maybe already accepted Jesus before in their life. Maybe as a kid, maybe you were once at camp, but you've fallen away. Maybe your life just hasn't panned out the way you want. I just want to give you an opportunity. And I'm going to pray, and I'm going to ask that everyone repeat after me. Lord Jesus. I want to be connected to you. I want to bear fruit for you. And so I invite you to be my Lord, to be my Savior, to be the King of my life. Thank you that you've forgiven my sins. I love you. And next, I want to pray for those of us in this room that maybe could use a spring, winter, annual prune. Maybe there's an area of your life that you've been holding on to. Maybe you have been looking so much like the world and you know he's asking for an area and it feels so hard. And so I'm going to invite you to come. You know, when he said to his disciples to go out and tell people the kingdom of God was near, it was a warning. It was a warning, it was an invitation, and it was a message of love. And they went out and said, listen, the kingdom of God is near, the kingdom of heaven is near. You have an, a, an actual choice today to follow Jesus so you can experience eternal life, so you can be healed and delivered. He gave them the keys of the kingdom. We get those keys of the kingdom. And so today, it's not rocket science. We get to come, and this is what they did. They repented, which means we get right with God. We take our own responsibility. We apologize for the things that we've done that we know we shouldn't. We get right with him, and then we invite him. Would you come? Would you heal? Would you deliver? Would you restore? What does he say in Ezekiel? He says, to prophesy over these dry bones. Maybe you're dry today, that nothing has bloomed in so long because you have been clinging to the things of this world. Maybe you have wanted to look like everyone in your university and it's so hard to look different. And it feels so uncomfortable to say no to a second or third or fourth drink. Maybe it feels so uncomfortable to say, actually, I don't want to date in this season. I just want to wait on the Lord. Maybe it feels hard to give up a relationship that looked good, but the Lord said, that's not for you. Maybe he's asking for your finances today. Maybe he's saying, would you give? I know I, I told you yesterday to something that's been on your heart. Maybe he's just saying, would you lay down your timing of when things should happen? I don't know about you, but somehow every person in the world read this Bible, and at 24, you should be married, 
with a house, with kids, with a dog, a car you've paid off, traveling every summer, and it doesn't happen because it's not in here. So maybe part of it is laying down expectations that you're clinging to. No, I will be married by this time. I will have this amount of money. I will buy this house. I will go to this place. I will graduate. And he's saying, give it to me. Give it to me. Whether it's the timing for a family, the timing for your life, whatever it is, he wants that, not so he can punish you and make you wait forever, so that when it comes, it's gonna be so sweet because the fruit attached to it is so big that people will go, wow, your God is incredible. I want people to think that about my life. I want them to look and go, I want that God in my life. I want to know Jesus in that way. He wants to do miracles in your life. He wants to provide for you. But friends, the road is narrow, but the kingdom of heaven is near. So this is our chance to lay down those things, to say, fine, take it. Take the branches that look really good because you know where I'm going to be next year. You know where I'm going to be in the spring. You know where I'm going to be five years from now. And I'm sorry that I thought that I knew. And so our worship team's going to play. And I want to encourage you, if you know that the Lord is asking for something, to come forward. Sometimes just making a decision to come forward is pruning enough for someone's life. You maybe have said no 12 times in a pew going, I know it's me, I know it's me, I know it's me. No, 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 no. Well, here, be pruned in that area, in a willingness to say yes to the Lord, to not miss out on a moment. We have a great ministry team. They'll be available to pray with you. Maybe you just want someone to stand beside you while you come before the Lord and say, I'm sorry, I give in, I'm all in. Have you ever sat on a fence? Anyone? It is so uncomfortable. It is a pain in your butt. It is uncomfortable to live one foot in and one foot out of the kingdom of God. You have too much of the world to enjoy the Lord and you have too much of the Lord to even enjoy the world. Get off the fence, say yes to the Lord and you get to respond to him today. What a gift. And we're gonna pray and they're gonna worship and I might even come back in a moment. And I'm going to invite you up. I'm going to pray to invite you up. And you don't have to. I just want to say, if that's not you, don't do it because I said it. That's like a firstborn thing. I would have done that. All firstborns, you're released. You don't have to make the right decision, even if you don't want to. Every firstborn is like, this is the greatest day of my life. I might just sit because I can, you know? Father, I want to thank you that you are good and you are kind. I want to thank you that you gave us such direction. You said, for the kingdom of God is near. And you invited your disciples to go out, make disciples of all nations, and heal those who needed to be healed. Lord, I'm the first to admit today, I need your healing. I need your deliverance. I need a fresh word. I need you. There is nothing in this world I can do without you as the vine. And so I know you are extending an offer right now. You are extending your hand as the vine dresser to say, would you come? Would you come and respond? Would you respond as a family, as a couple, as an individual, as a small group, as a student, as a mom, as a dad, as a son and a daughter? But would you respond to the Most High today with an invitation to say yes to him? And so I want to invite you up. And there's going to be a team to pray. We're going to worship together before we eat. Let's get our hearts.
this place with greater fruit than when we came in, although we might look like that orchid. We can have faith and hope that he is faithful for the season to come. So the invitation for the front is open. Do you want to grow fruit? Do you want to be all in? Do you want to know him in a greater way? Do you want to see him use you? Do you want to know what it feels like to say yes to the Lord and have him respond where you say, here I am, Lord, use me, send me? Would you be willing to lay down the things that feel really good in this 